relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. She was awesome. She was, was awesome. really cool. <laughs> well, okay, you guys. Um, town. <laughs> yeah, I was like, as someone that doesn't live in Eugene, I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you guys have a bond. Uh, <laughs> it's like, exactly. That's the thing about end jokes. They're mostly just mean. Um, <laughs> this one particularly. <laughs> I, that's, I can't wait till we're not recording because I just know enough enough people in Eugene. I'm like, I can understand. Let me know. Because um, mm. there is like, I mean, I love it. Uh, but there is a an element of whimsy in Eugene that I that that is taken too far that that you're like, well, this shouldn't be. There's no way this should be a business. And it's like, and then the way they do it, you're like, I just know how basic math works and I just don't understand. And then they're like, helps. And then, well, it's a Northwest thing too. It's one of my favorite Northwest things. It's like a nightmare person just can't run a business. And they're like, help this small business. It's small business is being, like, is being attacked. And you're like, no, it's like, like there's a reason you, you have a coffee shop. That's, your product is addictive. Like there's no reason then that's not making money. Like <laughs> it's like one of those things where I, I don't think it's a, I don't think corporations have anything to do with this. I think, uh, <laughs> but it's a tough thing to call out. Sometimes we're like, I listen, what you're talking about is a problem, not yours, but it is a problem. I'm sure many of us in the cannabis industry were like, no, stop it. <laughs> it. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of all the things, but yeah, it's uh, lovely living in the Pacific Northwest because you can have artisan ice cream with yeah. it. And you're like, yeah, this has to exist. This is a focal point of the community here. And it's like, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. But so Myron, you are what is your official title over I, there at the lovely Can Essentials? I'm actually the president. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Did you give that? Did you write that in? No, actually, I became the president. Uh, we did a we I was not the president up until uh, last year. Last year, we we kind of switched roles. You know, you gotta you gotta switch around, play around a little bit. You know, it wasn't it wasn't one of those like, hey, if you think this job's so easy, won't you do it? Uh, <laughs> well, maybe it was, hey, you're not doing a good job. That's why. I, <laughs> I that's teamwork. That's how te- That's how a good teamwork. Voluntary by any person. <laughs> it is. That's how a good winning team works. It's like I what happened? We like had to. So, we had to uh, yell at each other for three hours, and now yeah, I'm the president. Yeah. <laughs> There's <bugs> involved. <laughs> sure, now we're closer, but there was three hours. It was not good. It was uh, whoever has people, stitches. <laughs> I don't think that is a funny thing in any business when there's like a group of people involved. That there are times where people are like, "Yeah, it's so successful." Then just the owners are like, "Oh man, there's many hours. It 
truly kind of didn't exist because we were so mad. <laughs> it's just well, funny. Luckily, Shane is my cousin, so it does make it uh, <laughs> it makes it easier uh, and harder at the same time. <laughs> I, I, man. For some stupid reason, I keep getting into businesses with my relatives. I just got out of a business with my brother. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll get into my business with my cousin. But, yeah, no, it is actually – it's got its benefits and it's got its negatives. No, my family is all South Philly Union painters who decide to all work with each other. And it's just like, you guys, this is a little insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the family's fun. But you guys are one of the – please feel free to get uncomfortable with all the platitudes I'll be throwing at you. But you guys are one of the more high-end farms here in Oregon, award-winning, and since the get-up of REC, have just kind of been at it. So, you know, to me, it's important to be showcasing you guys. And it's just always nice because when people talk about Oregon, they're like, oh yeah, can essentials. Then I like to be cool and I'd be like, do I have one of their t-shirts with the original logo on it? Yeah, you don't know about that. You might even have the essential. I think you have an essential farms one. I do. <laughs> like, I know you have one of the original, the graffiti ones, because I've seen you with it. So, dude, yeah. that is, that's a rare. That's a rare. <laughs> Even Alex, you know, my, my dude that's in right. the garden with me has one too. He was wearing it the other day. I was like, man, that's a throwback jersey in the cannabis industry. We, uh, what do you mean by like, what original. What the hell are y'all talking about? All right. So we used to, our old logo. <laughs> no, I understand t-shirts and I understand that, but like the, the story of the company. All right. So I'll tell you, I'll give you the quick, I'll bring you up to date on the company. So hell yeah. So Shane was growing medically for many years. Um, and I, my background is in business. Um, I've been working in various sides of small business finance, logistics, operations. Um, and I'm also a certified uh, chef as well. I mean, certified. I'm a certified chef as well. So I've worked in cooking as well. Certified. certified Who, certi Who certifies you to be like? The lunatic board of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I guess. This son of a bitch right here, he's certified. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm certified. Yeah, certifiable. So, um, and um, so I was living actually, uh, I've lived all over the place. I was living in New York up until about 11 years ago. We moved out to Eugene. Um, and one of the things we wanted to do was, you know, I'd always dreamed me and Shane working together. He's nine years younger than me. Um, he doesn't have a business bone in his body. Um, and I've always been really into the environment, animals, uh, and cannabis and, um, hated the businesses I was in. I kind of fell into my business based on just wanting to support my family. So I was always looking for something else to do. And my plan actually was to move out here and get out of the business I had back East with my brother. Um, it, 11 years later, I finally got out of it. So, you know, things, plans don't always work out, but uh, so Shane and I looked at a lot of different options and we were looking at like a farm, like he, he's a, he's a certified organic, he has 28 acres out in Vanita, uh, that's organ tilt, uh, certified, uh, market vegetables, was doing kale chips, doing a lot of different things. And I was trying to work with him on that, try to add a professional side to that, but really, you know, there's not a lot of money in that in, um, especially in Oregon, Eugene, there's a lot of farms, uh, organic produce. So he was always struggling, but when REC started coming online and I uh, was going to dispensaries, I had a medical card and seeing what was for sale in the medical stores, 
and what Shane was growing, it was like, dude, this is like stupid. We should, we need to get together and do this. And so he was already in talks with another guy. Um, this other partner, Mike knows him. We don't mention him. And uh, so they were ready talking about it. And I said, listen, I'll, I'll come in, I'll do your books for you. I'll run the business side of things. I don't, uh, you know, I want to be involved. My, the can, my cannabis growing experience goes back to like, college and closets. Like I hadn't done that in years. I've gardened and things like that, but that's not, you know, he's the brains on that side. So that's how we started. Um, right at legalization, we were in stores the, on opening day. Uh, so it was like October 1st, 2016, 15, something like that. Anyway, yeah. we were actually in stores on opening day. Great. You know, things started fantastic. I get it for everyone else. Um, and then, of course, things got tough. We lost the partner that we had because he didn't know. He didn't know that he, you know, you have to work to have a business. Um, good guys. Yeah, that part, that part of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The work part. It's a little yeah. difficult. Every time. You're like, oh, this, Every shit, time. this but, shit again. Ugh. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when we had to, we did everything ourselves. So we didn't go out and get funny. We didn't do anything like that. We kind of bootstrapped it, built everything ourselves. The original idea was borrow money for the first greenhouse, use our actual, you know, the income from sales to launch the business. And that's kind of what we did. And, you know, like all cannabis businesses, they're huge, capitally intensive, hugely would I guess be the better word. So we kept, you know, we went out to some friends and family, got a little bit of money and started building another greenhouse and, and the market was still going well. So I started lending the company money and then I started putting money in because I didn't want anyone else to put money in it. Uh, next thing you knew it, the market tanked in 2017 and we had already sunk large amounts of money into the company. Um, but we, uh, we made it through, you know, we, we did what you had to, we had to cut back, everyone cut back and we had a good quality. We were already winning contests left, right and center. So it was pretty obvious like, Hey, Let's keep it going if we can. And it got down to like 2017, late 2017, 2018. It was literally paycheck by paycheck. If we had the money, we would do it. If we didn't, we were going to close shop. It got that bad. Um, but we made it. You know, we cut back. We went from, we grow. So our way, our whole secret sauce, which I haven't talked about, is that we grow in greenhouses with full lights, with full climate control in living soil beds that go into the native dirt. So, um, so those beds are permanent fixtures, which means we're cutting down on a lot of our, uh, on, on your, your uh, you know, your speed of flipping because you have to flip an entire room. We can't just move pots in and move pots out like a lot of people are doing or even moving a bed in and out if it's on a, on a movable thing. Um, we're actually replanting. We, you know, we do our beds and pots, and then we replant into these beds. The beds have been going now seven years, uh, in the greenhouses, and we've uh, got. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, Billy got so excited about it because I'm teaching him, you know, no-till living soil type it, of thing. It's, it, it's it's pretty awesome, and uh, especially with when you have a, a bottomless um, a bottomless bed, because then you know you don't have any kind of buildup in there. Um, and we and it's it's going straight into Oregon till certified organic exactly. farmland, which is just so <sighs> lovely. Exactly. So can I come see it sometime? Yeah, you can. We 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 give people tours all the time. We I, okay freak them out with the unbelievableness of it. 
Um, but it's, you know, Shane is quite an artist and, and like a botanist and a soil scientist. And so a lot of it is um, really working with the plants um, and not having to uh, push anything on the plants. You're really feeling, feeding the soil as much as the soil needs. And then we do ferments and um, a lot of ferments. Uh, he'll, he, I think he's going to be interviewed on the podcast. He'll go into the science of it. Um, but a lot of ferments, sprouted seed teas, things like that, top dresses. The, the idea is to uh, provide food to the microorganisms, create an environment that's living and, and active where everything is working together. Um, so you have the, you know, the biology and the soil is working together with the plants and basically feeding each other what they need. We're tipping the scales with a little bit of foliars. But we're also putting full technology that you would in an indoor room. We've got lights, heating, cooling now. We've got foggers and wet wall, CO2, heating wrapping around the beds. Uh, we've got HVAC that I would never think you would put in a greenhouse. I mean, we don't just have fans. We actually have ductwork running along the beds, along the ground. Um, so it's a lot, like I said, capital intensive. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of the last seven years has been like Shane saying, I need this piece of equipment. We need this to improve this problem. We need to solve by this and us trying to figure out how to pay for it. So here we are seven years later, last year rocked. It was fucking killer. Yeah. It was amazing. We luckily had built a second greenhouse. We, one of ours got knocked down in a storm. So, and we had an insurance, a little bit of money from insurance and then borrowed from every source I could, credit cards, convertible notes to private people, credit cards, credit cards, and, um, oh, oh yeah, and credit cards. And um, <laughs> and so, so we've got this killer greenhouse and everything was rocking last year. And now, um, you know, thanks closed market uh, Oregon or closed market world or closed market period. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the article with uh it was in mj biz cultivation so mj biz <laughs> they're doing cultivation that's fun yeah well the mj biz is you know like the evil side the corporate side of the industry and um they are really tied in the magazine is really for money people to like it's like money porn it's not like weed porn where it's like tons of great pictures of you know trikes and that it's like really expensive pieces of equipment that'll make your life easier. You know, like that kind of drool worthy things. And we went, I, Mike, Mike and I went last year. That was my first experience. Okay. So, okay, so that's the mag. You saw the, the beast. So yeah. their magazines, they have a cultivation one and they, they send out like weekly or I don't know, however often emails. And the article that they sent out, I think it was like Thursday of last week was how the three most mature markets Colorado, Oregon, Washington are suffering horrendously and how cultivators are just being decimated and how, you know, corporate conglomeration is happening heavily. The small mom and pops are slowly being put out to business one or after another. And they, they literally said the small mom and pops might be able to last another couple of years, but it's going to be a game in the deepest pockets. And it's like, Oh, that's just great. But, um, yeah, well, so that's the thing I love too is like, you know, just even talking about 2017 because, you know, I was over at King's at that time. Right, right. And I remember when that happened, you know, I was, you know, growing up as the good Catholic that I was, I was like, oh, this is all my fault. I suck. 
this is falling apart because of me. But then, but then, but then, you know, when you're like, oh, my homies who are an award-winning cannabis company are also having a hard time. I don't think it has to do with the quality of the cannabis. We, we, we didn't go, you know, my thing was at the time, well, I don't think it's the quality because they're still winning awards and still tastes great. But I think we've done everything wrong business-wise. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I, you're, you're like good Catholic. Yeah, I'm the good Jew who's like, I've done everything wrong and I messed up everybody and now I have to lay people off because I'm an idiot. And worse We're brothers me, in Abraham, man. Exactly. We're brothers in Abraham. <laughs> but you know, what was worse for me is, so over this course of this, you know, this, this adventure, I've been working two jobs. So I only, I'm actually still, I'm just a consultant now at my other job. I'm finally, you know, almost out, just like five hours a week. So I was splitting my time between two businesses. So naturally anything that goes wrong, I thought, well, if I was here full time, I'd probably be saving this. This is again, my fault. But, um, you know, 17, this is a different, it's a lot different than 17 um, that I'm seeing out there. because I think there's a new factor that we didn't have to deal with then. Um, so what do you I, think is that? Uh, consumers having no money because gas prices are so fucking high. Yeah. I think we're I think we're in a, a different. So if you remember seventeen, we were dealing with um, number one. It was so there was like four things. So the, the first thing was was the second year of legal cultivation outside that you could grow your own. So everyone grew their own in 16 and told their friends in 17, better year, man, killer. So everyone grew their own, grew their max. So there was a ton of regular, you know, everyone home user grew their own weight. And then the second thing was all the farms that did well in 2016 told their friends and everyone came online in 17. So then all the farms, all the stores did great in 2016. So then everyone got another store or three on their same street. So the stores all of a sudden had too much weed. There was way too many farms, all dumping. There was not a lot of demand because the consumer had bought a lot of stuff. So you had that terrible thing. Now we're through, we're in our second or third one of these kind of bumps. And I think, and, and I'd be interesting to see what your opinion on this, but you know, what we are seeing is that a lot of the, um, so a lot of old cultivators got out and new ones came in. So again, we're sitting here with way too many cultivators. Um, Stores though, I think there actually is not a ridiculously overabundance of stores. I think we've seen the stores that are around still are well-managed, well-run stores. And the people we do business with are all stores that have been around for years. So my problem now is not, I and I have shelf space. I have a lot of stores. It's just the flowers not moving on on the shelves. And it's, it's the common thing I'm hearing from the stores is they're just not getting the, 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 you know, the traffic, the consumers aren't spending the money. Well, I wonder why, you know, they're spending an extra $2 a freaking gallon on gas, you know, that's cutting in. So for, for us who I like to be on that bottom of the top shelf uh, spot, but a lot of people put us in the top shelf, that's a tough sell for somebody. So we, we are actually, you know, kind of rethinking a lot of stuff and I'd be more happy if more people were able to afford our flowers. So, you know, we're making adjustments based on that. Go, go ahead. I see you raising your, your hand, scratching your head. Well, I didn't want to interrupt because what you're saying, is like I, it's an interesting point. I was curious about because in Los Angeles, 
what I've noticed and what I've done personally, and that I and it's because they never really had this option before, is like quality stuff, but it's the smalls cheap. and it's cheap. Uh, so I can get, I can get a quarter for half of what I can get a eighth of some you know blown out THC stuff or some designer stuff but there's more I think I'm not the only one that's noticed that I think people that do smoke and it's like yeah this is this is high quality stuff it's just smalls um it you know the B the B by business has has always been there um it's funny because it was really strong last year i mean what we could get for bees last year was pretty incredible um it's an interesting business it's a mixed bag uh and and mike i'll see what you think about this because um as a grower you know i of course i love selling bees the price has dropped on them but if you're in a store so uh, i'm not going to give any names i'm just going to give a situation but so i have a store that we sell you know, typically they have four or five strains on the shelf. It's a long-term situation. And they came to us several months ago and they said, you know, we want to start buying your bees in bulk, a lot of them, because we want to start doing bargain eighths or ounces, yeah. ounces, ounces. So, and I was like, sure, because you're buying a lot. So they're buying, you know, 20 packs, you know, 20 pounds, which is a lot of bees to be buying, you know, for a regular store. This isn't like some, you know, one of the perimeter stores, which that's kind of common. So um, I was like, that's great, you know, fantastic. We'll do it. They're nice big orders. But of course, their A by the orders just diminished completely. And <laughs> I was, I had the ability, I was, I, I'm trying not to go into too many details because I don't want, but you know, I was able to talk to some customers. And I could tell from talking to customers that they didn't really understand why they were getting such a great deal. Okay. They got it. They knew they were getting a great deal, but there wasn't any like. I don't know if they knew that you're getting B buds versus A buds, and so if you're talking about diminishing a brand, could you? It could it be? You know, possibly. The other side, the flip side, right now, is that there is such a race to the bottom among a lot of the you know, I'd say first year, second year farms, or even. Eight-year farms, you know, I have tons of, I mean, right now it's about cash flow. Everyone just cares about cash flow. So if you're sitting on a lot of flour and there's a lot of people who have a lot of flour, A's are being sold for half what I was selling B-Bucks for. And will I say it's as good as mine? You know, I don't know. I can't say whether it's as good as mine or not, but it's good. And so if you can walk into a store and you can buy A-Bucks at that B-Bud price, is it as good? it's not as good let's say it's even not close as good but it's so cheap the average consumer which if you do a bell curve is going to be a vast majority of them is going to go for that a bud and that's where they're going to be and so it's a very complicated time go ahead mike I, I, you're like trying to tell well, me. well no i'm right there with you i understand completely you know i have the joys of you know my cousin's dispensary sweet tree and you know when i go and visit the bud tenders take me in the back and they're like you guys see this stuff and like i'll show you a video of a 500 pound of indoor 
that almost made me cry. And they're like, yeah, it was a fire sale. They were getting rid of it. And I mean, my emails, I was just deleting emails about fire sales. And there are people just selling to just try and recruit. You know, there's this one farm that I know of, you know, the, the owner started undercutting the salesman because they were there, they originally come from a pizza franchise company and they just decided to get into cannabis and the head grower and the head salesman's been in this for a while, came from other farms to do this whole thing. And then now that the pizza, pizza restaurant owners see trouble in the market, they're just trying to get rid of it as quick as possible. And, you know, that's interesting to me, you know, when, when you hear about margins and you hear about different things, sometimes I do feel like it's predatory because I do feel a lot of times that lower quality stuff is being sold to people at certain levels. I mean, we almost got rid of the distillate market in 2020 because everything was doing so good. And now you're seeing more distillate products popping up out of nowhere. And it's like, well, I don't think that's fit for human consumption personally type of thing. And it just, it's a part of the game, which is sad. But ultimately, the thing that I hold on to is that $500 pound of vendor or whatever it is, you know, like we were saying, like, that is going to get somebody to be like, well, fuck, I want to have a good Friday night and they'll buy it. It's not going to be there. And even if it is, they probably didn't enjoy it as much as the craft stuff. So repeatability is ultimately what that's how you weather the storm, I think, ultimately. Consistency? Yeah. Yes. It's, I mean, there's that, it's a double-ended thing that's going on out there. It's, yeah, you want to build the consistency, but at the same time, and you want to have a good product out there and you want to show these people what's going, you know, that there is a great product that you can constantly buy, but they're every time they go into the store, there's going to be another company's $500 pound that's out there. That's going to tempt them because yeah, I mean, I know decent places that are selling $500 pounds that are costing them 900. So they're literally losing every on every one of them, but they need the cash flow. And then there's farms quite, you know, we, I haven't heard any recently, but like a month ago, I heard like three big farms liquidating, you know, just done. That's it. They're just, they can't deal with it. Two wholesalers shut down up in Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what's that mean? Oh, I got to know who. Google it. Private chat. (laughs) Private, well, private chat after. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's in the, and you know, What's a wholesaler? Yeah, what's whole? Yeah, what does that mean? Wholesaler is basically like a distributor, so they have the ability to buy from anyone and sell to anyone. There's very restrictive rules on who you can buy from and who you can sell from. But the bottom line is they're 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 buying from a bunch of different people, marking it up. uh, You know, anywhere from a couple hundred bucks to it depends to a percentage, whatever it's going to be, and then they send salespeople all around. It's an interesting business model that uh, was thought going to be needed because, uh, you know, a lot of like farms don't have a sales force or even a processor doesn't have a sales force. They're just making a product and then they want somebody else to take care of it for them. Um, Kind of like in the food industry, Um, you know, especially a lot of products that have to be stocked. If you have a stocking item, then they have like a round. They're every week or every two weeks, they're going to a place and they come with like a big box of stuff and they can, you can buy from a full menu of, you know, edibles and concentrates flour, drinks, the whole thing. They're selling everything. Um, so if a store is into like the one-stop one shop, it's a great 
great model. But for people who sell flour, which is us, um, it never, I've tried it multiple times. It doesn't work as well. Um, a lot of what we're relying on is, you know, when we go to a store, it's showing what's fresh, what's new, what's interesting, what we think the store will like. And it's not something that they want to shop on a menu for. They want to sell it, see it, smell it. Um, we are doing a product that is, you know, it's different every time, every run, it's going to have slight differences. There's always going to be, you know, different seasonality. We're doing different strains they've never seen. Um, and the numbers are slightly different as well. So. So my mom worked at Campbell Soup for quite some time. Um, she was one of five people that developed V8 Splash. So I take a lot of that and I kind of project it onto cannabis sometimes. And hearing that, you know, you worked in the food industry, one of the things that always gets me though is like things like Tillamook. You know, Tillamook, they make cheese, they sell milk and everything, high quality. Um, but they're buying from a bunch of dairy farms and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, well, as a dairy farmer, you're not going to go into, you know, the um, market of choice or anything and be like, Hey, you want to buy my cheese? Come and take a whiff of this brie that I did. You know, there are some versions of that, but you know, for the majority, it's not like that. And I just wonder how much that's going to transition in the cannabis market and how much it's not. I mean, it's interesting because different states have different rules. I mean, I thought, I'm, I mean, California used to have it that you had to go through a wholesaler, I think. It's still I that think, way. And yeah. they got to package it up and yeah. grams, eighths, and ounces. So, you know, most people don't even get to smell it until they're at home. Billy's been yes, it's kind super of cool. fucked a I few times. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, us, you know, it's a bulk model. So uh, we sell half pounds. We sell a big jar to half pound. Um, and and then yeah, the customer can buy anything from, depending on the store. I mean, some stores sell a quarter gram. Um, you know, down, you know. What? Up. Yeah, we have a store that we sell to. They're very successful. So don't laugh. Very I'm not laughing. I'm just store. like, I know they wouldn't do it if it wouldn't, if it was, if it, it wasn't working. That, that's why I was like. A lot of money on microtransactions. Bottom line is the person walks into the store and they say, I've got a dollar. What yeah. can I get? And when you're like, I've done a vendor days there. And then you say, okay, well, then you can get like, you know, what a quarter gram of this. And they pull out, you know, change, you know, like that they've collected, they've collected their dollar. That's, it's like a loose six. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, exactly. I don't, I'm not against that. I think, and then I think for some people, it's like, man, I just, I literally, I just want to spend like two bucks and get stoned right now. I don't want to buy $15. <laughs> like, it's true. I understand, or, or they're like, I just smoked like terrible, terrible drugs, and now I need to feel better. And you'd be like, Yeah, here you go. How about you yeah, got? Exactly. Let's, How much change can I count up? So, yeah, let's get you, <laughs> let's get you to neutral somewhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, no, yeah. there's, so there's a market for everybody. So, um, that is the big benefit, though, to a bulk market to deli style is that. Um, you know, you so can't do that in LA. Yeah, if yeah. I walked into one of those places and I was like, "What can I get for six cents?" They'd be like, "What? You can't walk in the store." And I'm like, "I know, but you like, get, you can't even get taxed for that." <laughs> <laughs> they do get. They do these. Uh, now, some of the better dispensaries, like I do, I will, you know, because it's just there's not a there's not a lot of them anymore. Consolidated and then that whole thing. Dr. Green Thumbs, which is uh, uh, 
be reals and that's it's close to my house so i go there uh he does that they're smart about their like that where there's like they work with every level and kind of accommodate because i've noticed like because one of the things they do is like they open at 6 a.m and from 6 a.m a.m everything's 20 percent off which is just like there's just no it's like saying there's no tax all right so if you go from six to 10, there's no tax and there it's, you know, there's a certain walk of, I get up early. So that's when I go anyway. I think that's super smart. That's a great way to fill that window. I mean, that's, that's a dead time in the day, but it's a perfect time for people commuting. Oh, it's, I'm never the only person in there. <laughs> that's what was the first, I remember I was like, I'm gonna go at 6am one time just to be like, cause I get up really early and I was like, you know i was like i will and it's mile half mile and a half from my house and it's 6 a.m there's nobody so i just zipped over there and it's popping i was like there's like three or four people like yeah they need to open up i was like okay but but it's always people buying more too or there's a certain walk of life you're right i'd never thought of that is like they're there yeah well they're going to they're they're not so they need to go to sleep so again there is a consolidation of stores though too and that's the whole thing is you are seeing a lot more chain stores coming around and a lot more of like hey this is we've done the metrics here we'll do this and that you know there was um you know a store that i've uh, talked to which comes from out of state and they're like this is the metrics that are home state and this is what we're going to do here and it's like oh this is i don't like this yeah yeah it's interesting talking to people that come in from other states and even just regular not like big corporate but you know the idea is that what you're gonna be able to pull off in oregon and 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 this is one of the problems i see with uh federal legalization and and that's why i tell people if you think it's going to happen soon you're crazy just the amount, by letting it happen the way it's happened, it's so complicated. Every state has got its own complicated rules, its own complicated issues. Um, so yes, I want federal legalization, but yeah, I'd rather have abortion back, honestly. I was also about to say, that I don't know if you're paying attention to the Supreme Court, but I don't <laughs> think, I don't know if we'll have it, that it will be an issue if it's federally legal or not, because the federal government might not exist. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if we if we could make it that churches could sell dispensary items, we'd probably have federal legalism. I mean, I my new special was was my comedy special was recorded at the Church of Cannabis in Denver. So I oh, mean, oh yeah, the Church of Cannabis. That's right. Yeah. So I'm saying like maybe. <laughs> maybe you're on something there i don't know so how was mj unpacked i i was very jealous i didn't get to go i'm um, all right so mj is interesting we had a great time i'll tell you that we did have a good time <laughs> um i'll go into the quick the quick and dirty or the long and sticky um so <laughs> First thing, this is the second one we went to. We went to MJ Impact last year in Vegas because it was the same time as MJ Biz. And we, I, uh, Shane went and, Shane, my partner, my cousin, um, he went and did the MJ Biz side. I mean, I did like half a day there. He, we were looking at equipment. But MJ Unpacked was supposed to be, it's more of a consumer brand focused. 
uh, thing, and it's a money raising. It's mostly supposed to be how to get investors together with brands. That's that's their tagline, and it's the former guy who actually did MJ BizCon. Uh, he's got went off did his own thing, and this is what he's come up with. So New York was the second one, and we went out to New York uh, specifically because um, we're starting to pivot, and we're doing some other things where talking about consulting services and things, you know, any, anything else to try to make a little bit of money, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, we're also doing soft money races all the time, uh, which means anyone who's listening. <laughs> Call <laughs> the amazing. phone number at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> doing, 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 doing. With your seed donation. <laughs> <laughs> our, our business is doing terrible. Donate now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. anyway, um, so yeah, we went there with a soft pitch um, and um, last minute I decided to actually exhibit, which exhibiting at MJ Unpack is getting a, a, a bookcase that is all glass that's 18 inches by 18 inches by about four feet. You have three shelves, you fill it, people walk around them and it's not a traditional trade show where you have, they have some booths, but they have a lot of these like brand displays and you're supposed to just like kind of talk you know muddle around which is what we did um we were smart and we had quite a bit of samples with us so um in all honesty that was kind of what got us most of the attention when you bring out oregon weed in um new york um, yeah baby blows people's mind um so at the event i was like this is rocking oh my god we I have no time there's so many people meeting so many people oh my god look at this book look at all these cards look at this. oh my god <laughs> um yeah i made a lot of good contacts uh has anything come out of any of those contacts yeah but not there's been no money um i definitely met some good purveyors of interesting stuff i've definitely there's some things i'm doing business-wise um i, I hooked up with like a, a couple of advertising people and mm-hmm. things that just kind of like uh, that I, uh, in all honesty i would not have been doing some kind of consulting company people doing some you know basically it was a great networking event yeah. uh in terms of money raising no and most of the people i talked to there no one was like there wasn't I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who the investors were like afterwards and before. Um, and a lot of the people we talked to, I don't think turned out to be anybody. They also had this app that they were pushing and the app basically said it had like every person that was attending the show and you're supposed to use the app to, to communicate with people and send messages and you could put all your information on the app. So instead of giving people brochures, it was all on the app. I mean, it was like, it's kind of cool in yeah. theory. And and the first show they did it and no one used the app. So I told them I'm not, I'm not going to exhibit for the second show. Um, and then for the second show, they said the app is awesome and it's so good now and everyone's going to use it. Everyone's going to love it. And I spent like three weeks before the show going through every single person, every single person on the list, looking them up in LinkedIn, doing the research, sending them <laughs> emails through the app. I mean, I sent out 75 I'd say 75 different in messages things, nice little notes, nothing obnoxious. Check out my profile. Da, 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 da. Not one person, they didn't, no one even knew who the, what the app was. No one used the app. When I told people about the app, it was too confusing for them to use. 
So again, a complete waste of time. Will I be going back? Uh, well, it's my 25th wedding anniversary this year, so there's no way I'm going. But Shane is uh, <laughs> Shane and my sales manager are probably going to go for networking. No. Um, quality people, yes. Met some incredible growers, like really mm-hmm. top-notch people from around the country. Um, met some really interesting, you know, people in like you know services people. Um, you, you met but, other versions of yourselves that were there trying to do the same thing that you were trying to we do. We were the only ones who were doing hard raises of like oh, right. um the people who were doing money raises um were mostly um god I hope no one gets mad but people that we can't stand um people who have nothing but a name and a brand there's nothing there they're, they're, they're so it's called CPG consumer Oh, I should know what it is. CPG. Uh, product consume. group. Consumer product group. So, or consumer packaged. Consumer packaged. Packaged items. Or geez, Consumer packaged goods. Consumer packaged goods. So, yeah. like, so that definition of that is like supermarket shelves. That's all CPG. Everything on supermarket shelves is CPG. Okay. So it's really all about branding, packaging, and putting those together. So in cannabis, what's CPG? Well, those are brands that can be put anywhere in the country. And so mostly it's just a brand, you know, and they're like, oh, we'll grow this here by so-and-so. We'll grow this here by so-and-so. Mostly we'll buy distillate here and mix it with our little formulation. We'll buy distillate here and mix it with the formulation. And a lot of them didn't exist or existed very small in one state or really didn't have much going on. And they had these valuations that were like, so ridiculous that I was, I mean, I was laughing what people thought they were worth. Um, and that's what people were interested in. And mm-hmm. I, you know, we are, our thing is we are not trying to license the name Can Essentials out. We're trying to be an Oregon grower that um, could survive as an Oregon grower in Oregon. And like, you know, be profitable, which as a regular company, and we were able to do it last year. And I think this year, I think we'll pull through. We're doing a lot. We're pivoting like crazy, like fucking crazy. It's called (laughs) You got to pivot constantly. If you sit still for a second, you're lost. You have to be pivoting. You have to be reading everything constantly. You got to be friends with the people you never thought you'd be friends with. You got to be, you can't think cannabis anymore. I'm thinking now CPG, which is, I've got years of experience, luckily on how to deal with shelf space and things along those lines. You can't, you gotta think, I mean, this is free advice to people out there. Don't think that weed sells. Cause yeah, weed does sell, but there's a lot of great weed out there. And even if you have the best weed, you still have to figure out how to get it to sell. So there's a lot of maneuvering with that. Um, but my goal is not to be licensing in any way. My goal is that we, we have a, a company that exists in Oregon. We use whatever other ways of being able to, uh, in, we call them non-risk side businesses that can bring in extra money. And these are not, uh, when I, I'm specifically saying non-risk because we are as legit as you can be. And so we don't do any like side deals that could save our asses, although <laughs> the black market doesn't exist. So, but I'm talking about things like consulting or, 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 or um, uh, forming a business relationships with people that might have other things. There's some other things we have in the works that I can't even go into, but things that would make it so that we can survive until there's a federal legalization. 
which like I said, I don't put any money on it in any time in the future that I can predict. But, you know, things happen. Black Swan events happen. COVID, we didn't know about COVID. So, so hey, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Federal legalization can happen tomorrow. Who the fuck knows? But bottom line is when it does happen, we want to be shipping Ken Essentials around the country. Um, we want to show the country world what you can grow in Eugene, Oregon. We're not here to make money. If we were, we wouldn't be in business because you can't make money in cannabis. That's a little evil secret that people don't know. Uh, we're here because we fucking love growing weed. We love it. I, it's funny because I know a business that I won't mention, but they're national cannabis mm-hmm. business. And uh, they said, yeah, we haven't made money one year. We keep losing money each year and we just keep getting more and more investors. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting business model. It really is. And, and when you go into these shows where you're dealing with people. That I would give myself a raise every year too. <laughs> oh, you don't think they do? Haven't you okay. seen these? Like, if you look at these like statements about that's what they do. And then the CEO gets fired because he couldn't do anything. And he got his like hundred million and whatever. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's scary. That's what you see when you go to these events is um, businesses built up on financing on this on these plans that really need capital yeah need capital <laughs> that's what we saw at mj biz yeah. mj biz need there was a capital i just we were walking through and i nudged yeah. mike and i was like look at that giant sign that just says need capital i was like good lord he's and like you're either saying need capital or need capital question because there's the guys on the other side the loan sharks the you know you could you could raise money without an investor if you want to pay twenty five percent interest, but you know, then that's a good deal. So um, yeah, it's an, interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting business, you know, coming from a business side. If it was not so much fun to grow, if it wasn't like if we weren't growing something that I fucking love to death, and if we didn't have a product that I know is great to smoke, great for the consumer, great for the planet, and I can feel good about the way we grow it, I would not be doing this because it's not that. I'm just the cockroach of the cannabis industry. It's like, I know how to grow weed. That's about it. Eventually, everybody else will leave the industry and it'll just be hopefully a handful of people are like, I don't know what else to do other than grow weed. So that's it. That's, that's, you know, I think, you know, (laughs) but it's interesting, Mike, what we're seeing is there's all these now veterans, they're, they're growing veterans and and in the industry now, three years of growing, you're a veteran. I started as a trim manager and then, or trimmer, then I became a manager and then I did a, a year of cultivation and then I ran this grow and now I'm head of cultivation for six states for yada, 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 MSO. It's out there, a mil- like over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. The, I've, yeah, no. Yeah. We'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a crazy, crazy business. Yes, sir. I'm the head, I'm the head grower of these three plants I have in my shed. 
<laughs> Myron, thank you so much. You've been fucking amazing. This is definitely something. Yeah, this our, was one of the better listeners. <laughs> you explain the business side. We may call on you again if we don't, if you don't care. But like you explain the business side in a way, like Mike said, where he's like, I just grow stuff. And then I'm like, how does some of this shit work? And Mike's like, it's magic. <laughs> it's business magic. And like, uh, this was great because this there's like like a wholesaler you explain that really really well and i when i asked mike he tried to push it off like i don't talk i saw it um but this was fantastic uh we will call on you again and i i i want to go see what your cousin's doing out there because it's yeah you've got to check it out it's really cool and and i promised him i wouldn't get too negative so hopefully i didn't get too negative no, <laughs> no you're a businessman <laughs> <laughs>